Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my wonderful guest for today is Claudia Spar. Claudia is Hay House author, holistic business owner, entrepreneur, game changer, modern day mystic, and the founder of Holy Mama. She has supported thousands of women to transform their lives over the past 15 years. Claudia believes that compassionate leadership with women, especially mothers, rising into embodied leadership will allow us to co-create more sustainable systems for our planet. As the founder of Holy Mama, she's hosted over 60 international retreats for mothers and their children. She's also trained and certified retreat leaders from over 20 countries. Before creating Holy Mama, she co-founded Lotus Yoga Retreat in Goa, serving hundreds of clients and winning top media reviews. Claudia is a proud mother to three young children whom she conceived naturally in her 40s and wrote about in Right Time Baby and now available in six languages, including Chinese. She shuns patriarchal dominated thinking, especially when it comes to motherhood and aging. Before being in service to the rise of the feminine, she worked as a radio and TV producer and foreign correspondent for various media, including the BBC, CNN, and National Swiss Television. Thank you so much for being here, Claudia. Oh, it's such a pleasure, Emmy. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's a blessing to have you with us. And I'm excited to learn from you today and get little snippets of your wisdom. Now, let's delve straight in. I always love to ask my guests uh, to begin with, what does sacred feminine power mean to you? Mm, it's such a juicy question. Feminine power, um, it is, I would say it's this visceral life force that rises up through your body like a volcano. It is like a bottomless, it's like this, you could say there's even this sense of it being this, dark womb space where all this energy bubbles up and is created. So it's this fertile wild as well. It's, it's, it's really, I guess it's the source of life, life itself, at least um, that's the way I experience it. And the way I experienced it, I think the most when I was pregnant and part of that is also a deep, stillness and receptivity so it's it's quite yin yang in a way in that on one hand it's wild and shakti and untamed and on the other it is really still and receptive and sweet and gentle and nurturing and i think this power because it is so immense and so creative and life-giving has been misunderstood underestimated, uh, pushed down, suppressed, because it is so powerful. And, and this is now a very exciting time we're living in because we are starting to really understand it and understand that there's nothing threatening about it. In fact, it is, it's liberating. It is, it is like, it is like the, you know, the great mother embracing us. And when 
just to bring it to con into context of what's happening on the planet right now, I was listening to some indigenous teachings from the Andes who were saying, well, Pachamama is angry now because we have disrespected her. We've dug up the earth. We've, you know, we've taken the, the blood from her, like the, the petrol, we've extracted it for decades and decades. And she is reacting, she's responding now with earthquakes and floods and, you know, a little virus that is sending us into, into AWOL. So this is, you know, the, 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 the feminine is this all-encompassing, embodied um, in our bodies and in the earth force. I mean, it is sheer force. Mm, that's beautiful. And I love how you brought in this polarity between the, the volcano force and then the gentleness and the, the quietness of that feminine as well. It's beautiful. Now, Claudia, could you share one challenge that you have faced in your life that has helped you to activate this sacred feminine power within you and on your life path? Well, life has many challenges it throws your way. And I also think that the challenges come when you're ready to deal with them. So a lot of us who are going through hardship, especially at this time now where we think, oh my goodness, this is just too much. And this is where you could say that, that we're hand in hand, we're, we're co-creating with the divine, or there's this sense of grace that when we are given a challenge, we're able, we're ready for it. So to bring it, to answer your question, um, whew, there have been various ones. If you would put a common denominator under them, I would say it is part of my journey because I'm devoted to the rise of the feminine has been, um, has been breaking out of patriarchal systems, structures, be it a corporate job or a marriage that had me I guess limiting myself had me, um, it's usually when I use the word patriarchy, I'm talking of course about the wounded masculine or the masculine that is not in integrity, that has not um, integrated the feminine. So let's take the example of my, my marriage um, without blaming or, or pointing fingers. There were, there was a, there was that we came to a point after 12 years of being together and three beautiful children where my expansion was not it was threatening to my male counterpart because he had not yet integrated his feminine or healed his mother wound or whatever you could say so we were like out of alignment with each other and part of that growth for me you could say or or a part of 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 going deeper into my own feminine power was realizing that i had not honored my boundaries that i had been too much giving my energy away and that had that had enabled his wounded masculine to 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 be even more controlling and trying to control the situation so you could see it like this dance of shiva and shakti of the masculine and feminine that is so out of balance that is so chaotic that 
and this is where the feminine energy comes in, I guess that the, the container has to be broken for a new one to be put into place. So right now, my biggest learning is finding a way to communicate in new ways to heal the wounds with my ex so that we can continue to co-parent as best possible. We've been through a massive legal battles. I mean, crazy, crazy stuff <laughs> that neither of us really wanted. And part of that was because um, I think we were ready. We were ready to take the next step in our growth as a couple and as human beings. And sometimes to human beings, they, they, there isn't, they need to bust that container. And sometimes that looks like a marriage breaking down and being able to find a way to co-parent as responsible adults, respecting each other for the best, you know, for the, for the highest good of the children. So I hope that answered the question. I took a few loops there. But, you know, for me, that has been, I guess you could say, the, the biggest uh, challenge of my life so far because it is so personal and because it is all about the children who, you know, are, are you could say as mothers, what we want to do most is protect the innocence of our children. Mm. Yeah. I, I think a lot of our listeners will resonate uh, when you described how your own expansion was starting to threaten uh, or become threatening to your partner and because he hadn't yet done his own work. And I would be curious to know a little bit more about the, the process of then coming to the decision that you were going to go your separate ways. Would, would you be okay sharing a bit more about that? Sure. sure. And, and I'd just like to pick up on what you said about doing his own work, because I know this is a big subject in the spiritual community about, oh, you've just got to do your work. Now, whatever the work is, it can look different for different people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's this sense of the shadow of judgment, right? Because I have, I have, obviously I've, you know, been doing some shadow work, which involves you looking at whatever you are, you could say, projecting outwards. Part of that is in you and owning that. So this thing of, of doing the work, you know, who, who decides what the work is? My, my ex, for example, is a very spiritual man. He's just chosen to go the dog, the dogmatic route, mm. the, 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 the route that I, you could say I judge because I don't like it. It's too, it's too constrained for me, but for him, that's his path. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the, the last years of our marriage, it was me trying to honor that, but then it got to a point where he would be controlling of, you know, of, 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 he would judge my path. Like suddenly yoga was a bad thing, even though he'd been a yogi before. So all these things, you know, it's, it's really, I just wanted to put that into context because it's mm -hmm. always one, I think where we have to be very careful. And this, this, this thing of, we can only do our work and then the other has their own rhythm. It, it goes back to we're we're going to be thrown whatever we're ready to, to deal with. Mm. Um, so um going back to to your question about i don't think i would have left if i hadn't have been forced into a corner and this was the same when i left my corporate job it was i have this um south node in 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 libra if that says anything to anyone and the 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 the, the, the aspect of that apart from peace and harmony is 
peace at any price. So I would always try and kind of find a way to fight, to keep the balance, to make it work. And that often meant compromising myself. So these two examples of, I was kicked out of my corporate TV job and I was kind of kicked out of my marriage, although I had lots of chances to go back, but I didn't like the conditions I was offered to go back to. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's often this case of you can see that something's not working, something's not working, and you kind of try and mend the holes in the sinking boat. And at some point, it just blows up in your face. And, you know, and then there's, there's kind of a point of no return. So, yeah, I think that 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 was what happened um, definitely in the marriage and also in when I was when I left my job and I didn't want to leave my job like I didn't really want to leave the marriage. Part of me wanted to hold on. And this again relates to what's happening now. Change when we're in this situation where everything looks like it's going to change. A part of us resists because there's the unknown ahead of us and we just we just we just we just want to be able to know what's coming and that is where this surrender trust releasing um the you know the dance with grace come in and and i guess a a real sense of stillness of being very present to the moment and just going from moment to moment without feeling like you have to make any you know, big choices and, and yeah, changes, miraculous. And this is what I work with a lot on retreats. This, this transformation, it usually pretty much always involves going quite deep and quite dark into this point where you have to change something because what got you to that place of, of let's say, things falling apart, the, those things have to change otherwise you wouldn't have gotten to that place you know to that darkness or to that depth of despair mm. yeah absolutely that resonates very strongly now what would you say was the and i think you've already alluded to this a little bit but what would you say was the divine meaning or the hidden blessing in these challenges that you've been facing and in a way still are in the midst of facing as well mm-hmm well, I think when when you come to this, let's call it a crucible or a crossroads, and this is where we, we can differentiate between fate and destiny, because what happens at a crossroads is you can go either way. You can cho you choose. You do have a choice. We have free will. And, and this is what you could say even the quantum aspect of timelines comes in. So then you, you, you choose to continue on the timeline where you you know you stay in the marriage you stay in the job you you keep you know fight you find a way somehow or you go you know you're given this opening this opportunity and you go okay i am going to bravely take a step in that direction and if you are following your heart if you are really you know you could say trusting grace your guide spirit whatever name you want to give to it there is that incredible opportunity to really take the path that is for the highest good of of 
of you, of yourself and whatever is for the highest good of yourself is actually for the highest good of all those in your life. Even if it doesn't look like it at that present time, like a mother leaving a marriage and a lot of people will go, oh, but the children and the children. But we also know there's nothing worse than staying in a marriage where you're fighting and the children suffering for that than you actually doing as a woman or as a man, what makes you a happy, full human being because then you are setting an example to your children of, you know, we, we are done with this paradigm of suffering and martyrdom. This is where we really get to learn through, you could say, through love, through, through being our fullest, highest possible self. And, and I know this is used a lot in the, in, the, in the kind of new age community, you know, live your highest potential. And I think coming out of you know, these challenges, I'm starting to really understand what it means. And I'm taking it back to the planet because I always like to go on that loop too. I think what's happening now for us as a global community is that let's, let's, take, let's make it very visual. We've got little aliens, <laughs> call them aliens or angels, watching us and going, this planet is getting to a point in their evolution where they have all the science, they have all this spiritual knowledge from all these different traditions. They're kind of making some choices that could lead them down self-destruction. So let's throw them this and see how they respond to it. It's like we're being given an opportunity to completely change course, to, to change, to steer this huge planet Earth into a different direction and this is you know this is for our highest good this is where we get to like fully experience you know what it means to be able to live in a way that is much more you know connected to the to, to the to the environment connected to each other in a deeper way and not just consuming 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 but being more in balance Mm, absolutely that sounds beautiful and I, I i also do agree that i think we're in the midst of an amazing opportunity to change course as humanity and as our planet so thank you for those those words uh claudia i would love to hear a bit more about holy mama what, what is holy mama and how was it born so Holy Mama was gestated with my daughter in utero, and I have a beautiful, uh, very special daughter called Lilia. And when I was pregnant with her, I actually came to Ibiza. I was invited by a friend who has a beautiful house. And she said, I know you, I was doing retreats in Goa for the six years prior. And she said, yeah, I know you do retreats and we are looking for, for to rent out the house in the off season. How about you know, you do a retreat here. And, and I actually asked, because I used to run the business with my ex in, in India in Goa. And I asked him, what do you think? And he went, oh, no, it's never going to work. It, the house is too far from the sea. It's too small. Staff costs are too high in Europe. And I went, you know what? And this is my third child. I want to see what it would be like if I did something for mothers and children. There's just nothing out there for mothers and children. So I literally came to Ibiza to look at the house. This was in February and it was cold. And I was um, 
I my 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 period was late, so I hadn't I didn't even know I was pregnant. And I went out into the forest um, on the weekend of, of coming here, and I had this kind of real. It was like the forest was speaking to me, mm. and it was like you are pregnant, and this time it's a girl. And anybody who's had boys might be similar to me in that they're like, oh, I hope it's a girl this time. I hope it's a girl. <laughs> yep. So. <laughs> You know, the, so, so it was like, Holy Mama, she's like the mascot for Holy Mama. And so I, eventually what happened was, I mean, it started very small. I told my sister, um, my blood sister, and she went, oh, that's a great idea. I think I have some friends who might be interested. And within a week, six women had commit and booked and paid their deposit to come to Ibiza in May to, to do the first ever retreat. And then it just grew organically from year to year up until the point where this past year I had, I think it was 13 or 14 weeks of retreats with 18, I mean, in Ibiza, they're quite big retreats spread over two houses with lots of land. And it's usually about 18 mothers plus children on each week. So, you know, the whole concept has grown. And then two years ago, I started training retreat leaders how to, you know, how to navigate this added challenge of having children on retreat with the mothers and and all the the, the this that this brings with it and a lot of women of course are coming after having had a baby and realizing that they had kind of lost sight of who you are which which happens often when you have especially after you have your your first child so it's beautiful work it's really um i love i love uh, hosting these retreats and also training women to do it because I see how they they understand the how incredible the work is and how much it is needed. Mm. And what would you say is the biggest shift you see in the mothers who are coming into your retreats when they are provided this nurturing environment that's outside of their daily routines? Mm, great question. I think there are a few things, but I would say that one of the main things is this reconnection to the sisterhood, let's call it. So mm. a lot of women are coming from the big cities, from all walks of life, a lot of them from very stressful jobs, a lot of single mothers who are, you know, who have a lot of overwhelm from you know, making, making money and making sure that their child is looked after well and then feeling guilty that they're not spending enough time with their child. I mean, so many different stories. And, but the main thread, I guess you could say, when women come out of that, let's call it the matrix city world, mm -hmm. is that this sense of competition and, and being in competition with each other, the the mummy wars, you could say, where even you know, even in the park, there's like, well, that that mother's breastfeeding, and this mother's taking, you know, she's not watching her child on the swing, or however that looks. There's so much competition among mothers mm. that again comes from you could say these 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 patriarchal structures that is all about domination and one over the other. So what we do on the retreats is we have women's circle. Well, I usually do the women's circle on like the second day. And you can see the difference from the day before to the day after and how the women start trusting each other, how the conversation becomes more intimate, you know, when they have their brunch after the yoga in the morning, when the kids are still 
being looked after, they're having their own fun and, you know, creative and whether they're babies or older, we have an amazing childcare team. So then the mothers, they start to really create this, like this healing energy amongst themselves you know, when some t there's humor, there's, there's a lot, it looks lots of different ways, but what it is, it's this connectivity. And through that, they, they start to become more confident also in themselves and their gifts and they get their sense of who they really are, who they, the dreams they had maybe before they even, you know, went to university or started their job or whatever, you know, there, there's often that, that time in adolescence when you have this open window and this blank slate when you're starting to realize what, what you could be in this life. So there's a lot of magic that happens, but I would say the main um, thing is that the, this connectedness and then also, of course, the mothers, they, this connection they then have to their children. I've had women come who have said, I, I had a, an example, a, a woman who came, I think she came with her seven-year-old, and on the retreat, she found the space, I think because of also this environment, to connect properly the first time with her child. She said she'd, she couldn't believe how, how different things were after the retreat. Mm. So yeah, for us as facilitators, it really is, it's a, it's a thing of, of creating that very sacred space and then taking a step back and just letting the magic unfold. There's not actually much you, you, you it's not intervening. And, and that's also the circle principle. We're not here to fix or mend anyone. We're just holding this vessel and then we're letting, we're letting everyone, um, everyone has the answers inside themselves. Mm, that sounds absolutely amazing. I, I wish I'd had something like that when my kids were small. <laughs> Yeah, beautiful. Well, Claudia, I know that you also like to talk about the energy of the new children that are being born onto the earth at the moment. Would you mind expanding on that a little bit? Yes. So I was starting, my oldest is now uh, 11. And when he was very little, I, I think what, maybe, well, let's go back to the birth. So I had three uh, really complicated births. You could say all three births were near, ex, near death experiences for me, which is actually a surprise. I even had three children that I went wow. on from one death, near death experience to the next. Wow. But what happens in birth is there's this portal that is so hyper accentuated where you could say you're communicating telepathically with your child, probably even in the last months of pregnancy. I mean, there's even science to back this up. Mm -hmm. um, but what the messages I got from each birth were really from the soul of the child and, and, and them telling, you know, not being sure whether they really wanted to come to this world and then getting the the message that that you know I was kind of messaging back to them saying, but we need you. You know the the world is changing. We need you, we need you to to come with your energy. And also maybe I'll take a loop a little bit further back to getting pregnant. Uh, I used to do a lot of work with fertility coaching, and and that's of course the theme. One of the big themes in my book that women you know, we have a lot of anxiety about age and what happens when we get older and, and will we get pregnant and all this. 
so part of the the fertility work a lot of it is of course around diet and mindset but there's this piece to it which is spirit and i know there are some who have specialized in the spirit baby connection so you know this this sense of you can communicate with your child but you it's like your child is hovering around in the spirit realm before you even conceive it in your body and i know the aborigines aborigines of australia they also believe that there is this it's more important to make that connection than the actual act of intercourse mm. so just to 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 those are just kind of some examples of how the the this started to come into my awareness and then having my children going through the birth observing a lot of the children that come on these retreats I think they do bring with them this energy. A lot of them, you could say, they've been called crystal children, rainbow children. But what they what they bring with them is, um, and you could say, uh, an untarnished. I mean, all children bring an innocence with them. But these souls that are that are being born now, more and more, and I, I couldn't tell you what date, but I would say, you know, that this kind of new millennia. They, they are going to create the new systems because we need new systems. I mean, we're in the process. There are teenagers now with amazing ideas. And I keep, you know, hoping that or joking that some unschooler now is going to invent this new form of transport without fossil fuels, whether it's a car or an airplane. And maybe as a, I mean, even my six-year-old son has shown me diagrams of a car that works with water and he's so clear on how it works. Wow. I mean, he's six, so he needs to probably go to technical school first. Um, but the, you know, there is this sense that the systems are now falling apart, at least the ones that haven't been sustainable. And, you know, we've got this window now and you, things could go very quickly, but I do feel that these children are bringing with them an energy that is very different and that it's it's interesting as well that this whole unschooling or homeschooling actually expands their creativity because part of the criticism with the current school system has been this dogma and this parrot fashion learning which actually is not enabling these children to create this incredible new world that we are moving into because that does it takes a lot of, of creativity. And of course, they need the basics, reading and writing and all those things. And, you know, those who are scientists, the, the science training. But I do feel that we need to give them the space to come up with the solutions because they, they, have, they, have, so much, um, they have so much wisdom. They're like our teachers. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would imagine that especially mothers have a huge role to play in holding space for these new children and allowing them to, to number one, be, be children for as long as possible, but also to not to restrict them and not to put them into these structures that we essentially are trying to break out of at the moment as a planet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, this is also in a way a gift in, in this. I mean, when it, when the lockdown started mid March, when, when, and the, the kids school just said, we, you know, they're not coming back to school on Monday. My first 
reaction was, wow, you know, the, the kids, the kids who, because I've always been interested in, you know, maybe we should homeschool. The kids are now getting a taste of what this means to not sit at a desk for five hours and go from one class to the next and have it all kind of boxed up. And my kids are loving it, actually. I mean, they, they're like, they're loving the fight. I mean, of course, they miss the interaction and the social interaction at school. But what they don't miss is this having to do things at a certain time. And my oldest has already always had a lot of energy and he found it very hard. And I think a lot of boys, this is why the system, the current system fails a lot of boys because energetically they're not made to be sitting for five hours um, and just copying stuff. They need to move. They, they, they need to, you know, like go out for 10 minutes and then come back. So that's my son's now able to do that and he loves it and he's much more productive. So there's, there's much more, I guess, free will. And there's, there's another book I read a couple of years ago, um, a Russian book, which was doing, it's very esoteric, but there was some amazing research in there and pictures of children who had been allowed to create their own curriculum and, you could say unschool and they didn't actually introduce maths um until much later or the, the children then chose how they how they learned the maths and they did within six months they learned what normally would take five years because they were ready because mm. they were interested because they were motivated so i think you know we've been talking a long time about changing school systems and you know it's happening now i mean it's it's inevitable that you know, already teachers have been forced to 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 try out new things. Um, it's quite remarkable. It is quite remarkable. You're absolutely right, and also a beautiful opportunity to to give these new systems a go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Claudia, thank you so much. You've given us a lot of information here and lots of um, food for thought. Uh, could you tell us about the offer that you have for our listeners today? Yes, the um, mini home retreat. So, you know, there's this thing when we go on retreat, it's wonderful. And we're, you know, we have all this space to do yoga and, and time for ourselves. But, you know, it's kind of an exception. So how the, the way I put this together was how do we re- recreate some of that in our in our you know, home environment. And of course I created this before everybody got <laughs> is at home like, like they are now. So I thought maybe this would be, would be fitting. And I mean, it's a, it's a yoga class that we filmed in Goa on retreat. And there is also, there were just some videos there that we filmed beautifully filmed videos from Bali. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's free. It's to see how you, how you like it. I mean, it, I then also have other, um, I've just, I created a 40 day uh, practice, 40 days of fortitude. So anybody who likes it, they can continue to that where you get every four days, the theme changes. So you get a yoga video, a meditation and a recipe that you can do under five minutes, uh, a healthy recipe because all of us, you know, we're like busy, but we want healthy food. So, so that's kind of uh, what I've, put together to try and bring that retreat environment into your everyday life. Mm, Sounds amazing. Thank you for that. And if if our listeners wanted to find out more about your work, how would they find you? 
So you can find um, me on um, Instagram, uh, underscore holy mama underscore. I kind of like to hang out there because there are more mums. It's kind of lighter energy than some of these other social media echo chambers. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the website, holymama.info. I've also got my author site, which I kind of need to update a little bit, but that's claudiaspar.com. And yeah, just... Um, I guess yeah on the usual on the usual virtual platforms and hopefully again soon on retreat and um yeah I am happy to hear from anyone who who shares this passion for you know mothers and children Great well thank you so much Claudia it's been such a blessing to have you with us here today Thank you so much, Emmy. I love the work you're doing as well with the womb and, and all your feminine empowerment stuff. So keep, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Now, everybody, let's focus our intention just briefly on the beautiful energy that we've just activated on this uh, podcast episode and gather it into our wombs and then send it to everybody everywhere on the planet. And really, truly to remember that we are all one. And the more of us that are stepping onto our true paths and stepping into our own sacred feminine power, the more quickly our world will also change. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening.